This is episode number 117, Attitude of Gratitude, with Chantel Sumis. Welcome, my name is Oleg Lohid, and this is the Overcoming Odds Podcast, where you get a glimpse into the stories of individuals who have overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving their personal success. This podcast was built by you and for you to help you overcome adversity, suffering, and struggle in achieving your false potential. Before we get into today's episode, I'd like to make a brief announcement and invite all of our listeners to our upcoming virtual meetup called Courageous Conversations. You're probably wondering, what is that? This is a place that we started where we meet through Zoom every single Saturday from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Central Time. This is an opportunity for you to connect with other members of this community, people who have been a part of our events, people who have been guests on our podcast, people who have shared their stories, or simply those that have stumbled upon our work and wanted to learn more about what we do. So how does it work? Well, every single Saturday, we have a topic that relates to our daily lives. And we choose to use that hour to discuss that particular topic by giving a chance and an opportunity to everyone that joins to share their own lived perspectives as it comes to that particular theme. So if you are looking to become a part of this community or are curious about what this space has to do and what it can create in your life, please go ahead and leave us a message through our website in which we'll respond back to you with all of the information about when the event happens and how you can join us on each and every single one of those calls. Now, let's get back to our show. Welcome back to another episode of the Overcoming Odds podcast. Today's guest is someone that I was fortunate enough to meet through the power of LinkedIn and her and I connected, feels like months ago, and tried to actually make this happen. And so I'm very fortunate to actually bring this conversation into this world and have this opportunity where she can share her story and her insights on this particular topic that we're going to explore that revolves around energy. Our guest today, her name is Chantel Sumis. Chantel, welcome to the show. Thank you, Oleg. Thank you. Thank you for dive into energy. Absolutely. Thank you for bringing that energy into this conversation. <laughs> touché, to begin with. I, I want to start off this episode before we get into the, the theme and the core of it all by giving you an opportunity to briefly introduce yourself to some of our listeners as far as who are you and what have you done with a lot of the experiences that you've had in your life to help serve others? Yes. So who am I? That's a question that I think about every day and how mm-hmm. to do that. And every day I think I'm a little different, you know, and like everybody is with the way they wake up and what they have to do. But for me, I guess I boil it down to being um, very bubbly and blessed um, in terms of having an attitude of gratitude has helped me get through so many of life's obstacles and overcoming odds. And that most recent, I mean, a long, long, uh, long line of, 
of mental health issues, you know, depression, anxiety, OCD, stuff that was so taboo to talk about and express as a, as a 10, 12, mm-hmm. year old girl. And then um, diving into adulthood and becoming a mother unexpectedly against all odds. And then dealing with the, the stress there of welcoming a new life into a world that is extremely hard to navigate. Um, which then the stress, having mental illness and anxiety and all these, these things, it, it ate away at my immune system. Mm-hmm. And I started to lose my vision. I um, lost my ability to walk and feel my legs. I lost my um, ability to hear effectively. Everything sounded like it ha- I had earmuffs on, um, which long story short, was then a diagnosis with multiple sclerosis. And um, hitting rock bottom with that, an incurable cancer of the nervous system, not knowing if I would ever be able to talk, sing, dance, do anything. Um, like I, I was so blessed to be able to do in my adolescence, it was so destructive. And um, that's why I started to to nerd out about neuroscience and understanding the nervous system so that I could try and combat this incurable disease as much as I possibly could using the tools that I have. Mm -hmm. Also, being a mom and a business owner too, I launched my own business understanding I now know about having chronic illness and a disability and being able to brand myself and and get through the world that's designed for the perfect, healthy human being. Mm-hmm. What, wow, is, what, was- <laughs> what have you learned through the studies of neuroscience and just how the brain works and, and trauma and, and all these subjects? What have you learned as far as the things that have worked for you? Oh, so much. I mean, as an American living on the standard American diet of processed foods and dairy, I didn't realize how delicate my body was, but also um, everything that I put into my body, food, energy, um, even the, I was a, a kind of swimmer dipping my body into chemicals for five hours a day, every single day. I didn't realize how much that affects the chemistry in my body. Um, so diet for sure, um, neuroplasticity and thought reframing, neuroplasticity is a way of rewiring your brain because of the thoughts and energy that mm-hmm. you into your life. And I didn't realize how magical, for a lack of better words, um, your brain and body can be when you focus and take control and live with intention. That's mm-hmm. the biggest piece of the puzzle, mm-hmm. as well as just uh, exercise. I can't exercise now because um, when my heart rate increases, I lose my vision completely. Oh, it's wow. a relapse. Um, but just staying active, our bodies are made to move. And then, last but not least, with mindfulness and meditation, we are programmed constantly thinking on the defense um, based on just our, our natural instincts and being able to cleanse all of that noise up in our noodle is it's, it's magnificent. You know, one of the things that you bring up is this concept of energy and I'm a 
huge believer in it. I, I think the, the, the thoughts that we have and the frequency that we think at and how everything is actually formed around us. I was actually listening to a podcast this morning called the quote of the quote of the day. And it's about three to five, maybe to six minute segments where the, the, the host, he'll essentially go on YouTube or just anywhere on the internet and find clips from certain speakers. And then he, he forms them into quote of the day type of podcast. And one of the things that this guy was talking about, his name is Jake Ducey, I believe, was he was saying, just think about your own surroundings, right? And all the things that make up around you. So the, the solid things that we see, the cup, the table, and things like that. I mean, if, if you put a um, microscope close enough, and if you have, a, I guess, a um, high-quality one, you can actually see white space between it, between the particles. And all of this is energy. Some yeah. is... Some is going at a significantly higher frequency, yeah. But it just made me think that everything revolves around energy. Everything. You know, everything revolves around how you show up and how you choose to present yourself, how you choose to look at yourself, and then you begin to wonder, "I can't believe this happened to me." And it's like, well, of course it happened to you because you brought this energy to the table, mm-hmm. and the person saw it, and then from from there, the the frequency just went bananas right. through the walls and then it, it started to attract other people. Right. So I, th- I, I really think that energy is one of the sources to this realm of possibility. Oh, absolutely. I mean, when I think, and it's so hard, right, to manifest your own energy and control mm-hmm. your own energy with obstacles like mental illness because then we get stuck in this mental state of being a victim. Mm-hmm. And that attracts other negativity. So once you're stuck in the rut of mental illness, it's just this constant revolving door of negative energy. And it doesn't, it's so hard to get out of it, especially mm-hmm. with too, you know, you have all of these epidemics in our society, the loneliness epidemic, the um, need for addiction, addictive behavior. And it's our Western medicine isn't set up and our healthcare system's not set up to cure that with energy mm-hmm. with kind of education mm-hmm. what are one of your addictions right now i am one of those people that is so uh i don't have the addictive personality type but i can say that my biggest weakness uh-huh. is um i i have ocd and if it's not if i'm not medicated and controlling it i have obsessive natures with control and um, being clean and orderly and making sure that I am constantly working. And that's tricky to combat. Mm. That's really interesting because one of the things that I want to do right now is actually pause this recording and go, go clean the apartment that I live at. <laughs> and it's, it, there's just, I think there's just so much joy and there's so much therapy that comes from it. Yeah. But at the same time, there is a healthy balance, right? Between doing, doing those things and not doing them for forever, although I probably could, and also telling, hey, it's okay to slow down and, and relax. So what is that balance? What, what have you found within your journey as far as the balance between always going and going and going to slowing down and not feeling like you have to do something in order yeah. to be of value in this, in this world? You know what's crazy is that 
I used to think like my depression, anxiety, OCD was, was a, a curse, right? Like why me? Why did I get stuck with this? But ever since the autoimmune diseases that have plagued my life in a, in a ultimate blessing of a way, um, I think of everything as a gift. So with autoimmune disease, if you stretch it too far, that balance tips off the scales and you're forced into self-care. So I think of that in terms of understanding exactly the balance that I have personally in terms mm -hmm. of what I can manage in terms of like what my energy level's at. Because if I tip that scale too much, I'm gonna be out of operations for yeah. weeks, you know what I mean? And also it's, it's important to think about not just living for yourself, but for the love, your loved ones around you, right? Because if I'm not here to take care of my son, who's five now, he's not going to be happy and healthy. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Where does your source for energy come from? Like what, what motivates you? Where do you, how do you start that? Because I've been very curious about it myself as far as how do I wake up every single morning and recreate that same exact feeling, I guess mm -hmm. is, it, I, I don't know how to better understand oh, yeah. that. And, and, and I think that's what it is. Energy. I think it's yeah. feeling. And so how do I wake up and recreate that every single day? And then how do I see the other thing that makes me think is how do I take it to the next level? It's almost like you woke up with, level five, how do you get it to level six and then yeah. level seven? And then, and so it's constantly overflowing and creating this world where everything's possible. So yeah. where, where does, where does that source come from you? Everything is possible. My source is the attitude of gratitude, right? Mm -hmm. so it, gratitude takes me so far and I can wake up and get stuck in that rut of thinking I have to go to a client meeting. I have to go to a net, another networking event. But instead, I tricked neural plasticity, rewiring and reframing your thoughts by saying, I get to go to a client meeting because they love me and my what I do and I'm great and keep that positivity flowing. I get to go to a networking event tonight because I have an amazing car that will get me from point A to point B. Talk about being blessed. Talk about being living an amazing life. It's that privilege, right? That uh -huh. not everybody gets it. So that attitude of gratitude definitely strengthens that positive energy field around me. And people feel it too, you know, mm -hmm. feeling it and you're meeting new people and you're being that ray of sunshine, shining that light. They're attracted to that, like moth to a flame. And that's how you grow strong, strong relationships. Mm -hmm. I love the phrase that you just used and that is I get to do that and that I have to do it. And I think there's a big difference within that. What I've learned throughout my experience is the importance of language that you use with yourself, because yeah. ironically enough, it, it ends up being the language that you surround yourself with afterwards. So if, if you, in my opinion, whenever I use words such as, oh man, I have to do this again. It's a, it literally the world becomes that same exact frequency. And then yeah. I begin to wonder, well, why is the world like that? And it's all because of how I perceive the world to be within me. And that's the world that I attract outside of it. So the, the power of language and the power of words is really critical 
to so how we see ourselves and ultimately who we, who we become in other people's worlds as well. Uh, totally. I was reading the book called The Biology of Belief by Bruce Lipton. And he starts the book off by talking about how our bodies are our own universe. We have over 50 trillion cells in our body and they're their own colonies. They're colonizing to create skin and organs and this amazing thing that we can call a human life. It's so cool to think about that. So to think that we're our own universe inside of this big universe, mm -hmm. it gives a powering feeling that you do have control over so much more than you think. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, that, and I think that's the biggest thing is that understanding that particular part and the understanding the, the fact that if you really think about who you are, you are in a way you're a miracle how you happened and, yeah. and, and the fact that you're still alive and able right? to experience life. I mean, the things that you Same. went through in your life, I'm sure there were moments where you probably said, this is it. What's the point? Mm -hmm. What's the point of continuing to live, right? right? But yet you continue to keep going. And, and the reason why I bring that up is because there's been a question that I'm wondering, and that is this. Do you think, or what do you think about this? Do you think that each and every single one of us somehow has it like ingrained within us, this ability to keep going? Because what I've learned is that no matter how difficult the circumstance becomes and no matter how many times I'll go into my bedroom, curl up under the blanket and scream the F word into the pillow <laughs> that I end up getting up and just attacking the problem, mm -hmm. attacking whatever it is that's causing stress. And I've been curious, just, is that something that's within all of us? Like, is that something that's within you? No matter what happens, no matter how difficult it may seem that after, yeah. after a while, your, your brain just says, Hey, kind of enough is enough. It's and then you start working hard. towards it. Right. I mean, think about that. Think about I, when I think about that, I think, no, I don't think we have something in us mm -hmm. that keeps us going. I do know that by instinct and human nature, we are meant to fight or flight, right? That's what we do by, by instinct. However, um, I had those moments where I didn't want to fight anymore and I wanted to give it all up and I tried twice and failed to take my own life. And then and nothing makes you feel like more of a failure than when you're trying to end it all and you can't even do that. But it really is that instinct that it happens every single day and people lose that, that want to fight. They lose that. So I don't know, you know, I wish I had an answer for you because if mm -hmm. I, if we'd solve the suicide epidemic. Mm -hmm. What is what that? I mean? Yeah, help me understand. Help me understand what you just described as far as considering or thinking that uh, thinking of yourself as failure, like couldn't do it. Like, what is? How, what did that feeling? What did it feel like after that fact that you weren't able to do that ultimate thing that you wanted to do? So, thankfully, I have an amazing family. My parents love me more than anything in the universe, like amazing parents do, right? 
And the first time they caught me and took me to the hospital, I was 11, which is really young. Um, and I felt devastated more so in the fact that I disappointed them. And that was the fact that somebody cares enough to value my life when I don't feel like I value it. I don't feel like I deserve the air here. I'm so insignificant. Those were my thoughts. And then the next time that I tried, I gave up halfway, just like, I'm not even worth this. Like, I, I honestly couldn't think of, of, of any sort of value on who I was as a person. And looking back, it's crazy because I made, I created a life in the past five years. I brought a, a human life that's living and changing his own universe. Mm -hmm. I tried to cut that short then was so sickening and saddening to me. I, it's hard to put myself back into that mental state. Mm -hmm. what, what brought you into that second instance? Um, a lot of bull well, so I was I was raped at a really young age in a pub in the, our shopping center, our public shopping center, and didn't tell my parents, didn't have support system, had to keep it hidden. And that burden and mental stamina of I deserve this, I deserved this, I was asking for it, all these things built up. And then the second time, a few years later, um, people found out that I was sad and tried to kill myself and started bullying me by taking things into school and giving me things that to say to finish the job. And I wanted to finish the job, but I also was stronger then and I kind of understood things better and realized it wasn't all my fault and couldn't get through it. It's, it's crazy to think about that in hindsight. And, you know, you want to hear the crazy part of the craziest part of that story is mm -hmm. those two boys, my freshman year of high school, who were bullying me in class with these things. Um, the first one ended up um, killing himself when he was 19. And the second one killed himself a few years later a different way. So it's interesting that it's, they were feeling that trauma and they were understanding it so much so that it ended up coming back around. So if you want to talk about energy and you want to think about how we control that, it's what goes around really does come around in mm -hmm. a bad way, mm -hmm. but also the good ways too, right? Like mm -hmm. how so many people have a beautiful, beautiful heart and put everything into the world and it comes back. Mm. It's a really interesting perspective. And the other thing that I wanted to add on to that is regardless of what the experiences I think we've been through, that mm. there's always a choice that we can look at it from the lens of how do I want to view it? Mm -hmm. And it takes time and, it, it, and it's not something that happens overnight. Mm -hmm. And this is this is just my opinion and my perspective as far as how I've been able to view it. So it may or may not work for every single one, but I'm a big believer that that's what's worked for me is just yeah. turning, turning the mirror around and saying, Hey, this was how I viewed myself in X, Y, and Z number of years. And this is how I can do it now. And, and part of that, I think what also becomes a thing is that embracing that new identity and embracing that new narrative and that story of, Hey, this doesn't have to be the way that I saw it X number of years ago. Mm 
Mm-hmm. That's a journey of its own. Yeah. That journey, I mean, it took me at least eight to nine years to get to that point. Yeah. I also think that um, having a community is so important in that fight and in mm-hmm. the right energy. Because if you have people who feed you negative energy, they're not doing anything for you. When I was going through the bullying phase, none of my friends had my back because they weren't real friends. They weren't good people. But now the place that I'm at right now with the amazing community that I have, there's no way I would be as successful as I am today without this community of like-minded professionals that are mm-hmm. here to better the world and better each other. Mm-hmm. How do you what's define your, okay, go ahead. What's your, what's your community like? When you get into those funks, do you have that go-to resource of who you can rely on and count on? Mm-hmm. I do. I do have, without a doubt, I have at least 10 to 20, maybe even more uh, people that I can go to. And, and what's interesting and what I've learned is maybe similar to what you've learned is that sometimes our perception of the community that we have and the people that all truly do quote unquote, have your back when everything hits the fan and you go to them, not everyone responds and not everyone is there. Right. And, and I think the biggest thing that I'm learning about community is not necessarily creating instances where you can test out who's really there and who's not, yeah. but more so when the situation comes, use that as an opportunity to understand who really is there to help you and who really is there to create a space for you to be understood, to be heard, or to help you in whatever other way, whatever the need may be. And I think that's the biggest thing that I've, that I'm learning is truly understanding who are the people that are there for you, regardless of what they ask may be. And what I've learned throughout this process of connecting with so many people through LinkedIn and and in person and all these other platforms is at the end, at the end of the day, it is about 10 to 15 to maybe 20 people that are, that are really there no matter what the circumstance may be. Mm -hmm. Now that doesn't mean other people may not be there. Other people may be there just for different asks, but no matter what, it's probably just a 10 to 20. And, and it's, it's just interesting how it works, right? Because it, it puts it all in perspective as far as, hey, you have 10 or 15,000 connections or 100,000, but really out of that number, how many are truly there for you? Mm-hmm. I know. Like it's- if you had an ask, can you go to all 100,000 and get a yes from them? Definitely not all, but I am realizing that when I set my precedence and I set intention on everything that I do and all the people that I let in, I'm letting in so much better quality people, so much more heart-centered empaths that with love and really do care about giving more than they receive because they see the value in that. Mm -hmm. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think a community is a very fascinating part as far as what it can do and how it can propel you and help you move forward. 
with what you're doing. And ultimately, like we were saying before, it, it's the energy that you're cultivating, the energy of support, the possibility, and the fact that it's okay to fail because failure is just part of the learning process. Failure is inevitable. Yeah, it's, it's opportunity to grow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Final thought for today's episode. And this is a question that I started to recently ask a lot, a lot of the guests that come onto the show. And that is how have you or how can you be a contribution to someone else's life today? Uh, as an introvert, this is challenging for me because I don't like making eye contact with strangers and or <laughs> but I, the best thing you can do is be you, be authentic, be a hundred percent you so that you can build that trust authentically. And if you do leave the house and go out of your comfort zone, make eye contact with strangers and make them feel seen because there are so many people in the world that are living their routine blindly with a, without intention, feeling unseen. So if you can make eye contact and say hello or hold the door, even if they're halfway across the parking lot, um, just make them feel like they're valuable. Mm. Chantel, how do people find you? And what are some of the ways that people can connect with you and make, My, eye, ma- and make eye contact with you? <laughs> Help. <laughs> um, I love LinkedIn. So find me on LinkedIn. That that's as easy as it gets. <laughs> that's awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thank you for being a guest. Thank you for sharing your story. And like I said before, we'll make sure to include all the possible ways that people can in, get in touch with you. And if you if you haven't done so already, please connect with her just like we have and learn more about who she is and what she's choosing to do with those experiences. <laughs> Thank you all for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. If you haven't done so already, consider leaving us a review on iTunes, Facebook, or Google, describing your experience and the impact that this particular show has had on you and your life. Second, if you haven't subscribed to our show, go ahead and do so, so you don't miss out on any of the latest guests or any of the latest content. Third, If you are looking to get more connected to this particular community and all of the things that it has to offer, consider joining us on our weekly calls called Courageous Conversations, which take place through Zoom. They're free of charge, happen every single Saturday at 9 a.m. Central Time. If you are interested, please go ahead and leave us a message through our website, and that is overcomingodds.today and we'll be happy to respond to you with all the details about how you can join any of those particular calls. Once again, we thank you for listening, and we look forward to having you next week.